0: Welcome back. Hey, did you like the intro? I've been working on that. Um, So today I want to do something a little different. It's just going to be a few minutes, uh, not a lot of content I'm going to talk about here today. But from time to time I get asked questions, uh, uh, theological questions, questions about the Bible, questions about different doctrines, questions about things that... uh, we do believe, we don't believe. And the reason for that is that I had spent a good deal of my portion, good portion of my adult life in the ministry. I have a degree in Bible and I pastored a few churches, actually started a church once. But about 16 years ago, I left all of that behind. And uh, I've not, I've not done it. Well, I've, I've done a few ministry things since then, but very, very few. And, um, and it's not because I'm angry at the church or anything like that. I, I don't, I didn't have a, horrible experience, just life took a turn, and it just never came back, and I'm not wanting to go back into pastoring again anyways, although I do enjoy this, I enjoy teaching, I enjoy speaking about things, I enjoy thinking about things, I enjoy reading about things, I enjoy good dialogue or debate about things. Uh, yesterday, I got a friend of mine messaged me and wanted if uh, we could talk on the phone, so I said, yes. And they had a question about, uh, let's see, in, in general, heaven and hell, uh, specifically heaven on earth. Uh, this friend of mine was following another teacher. She had heard me talk about heaven on earth before, and she, um, this other teacher had mentioned it. And so she called me up, she said, I, I'm not understanding what's this heaven on earth. So a little bit of uh, background, most of us come from a tradition where heaven is, Is this thing you go to after you die? Uh, And depending on how good you are, you get to go to heaven. Uh, Depending on what your faith tradition is, it could be that you have to say a certain prayer, you had to be baptized, you had to do certain things to get to heaven. Um, In the Christian tradition, they say you don't have to do anything but believe. But then they get a whole list of things that you got to do. You got to get baptized. You got to say this prayer. You got to. So, anyways, but the whole point of it is. I don't get there until I die and I've met certain conditions. Well, the problem with that teaching is uh, there's very little on that in Scripture. You, you do get some of that teaching later in the New Testament. But bear in mind, um, all of the writers of the New Testament were Greek or Roman. Even Paul was a Roman citizen. They all had influence of Greek and Roman mythology. They're very well aware of that. That was part of their culture. Um, they Greek and Roman mythology does have this idea, or some of them do have the idea that uh, there is this afterlife, and you can go there based on certain things. And then there's this afterlife of punishment. The that's in that as well. However, we don't find that until late in the New Testament, and there's not really that much teaching on it. I mean, you get in Revelation, it's an ap- apocalyptic thing. Is he arguing about that they're actually? You know, afterlife, or is he arguing about what's going on there? That's a whole new discussion, and I'd be happy to talk about the Revelation at some point, if that's something you guys want to know about, or you ask me about. The, uh, but, what did Jesus believe? So let's let's start there. Jesus spoke a lot about heaven and hell. However, he was not talking about the afterlife. If you go back and read those passages where Jesus speaks about heaven and hell— He's given them an example of a place called Gehenna that's right there. It's a trash heap on the outside of the city that burns eternally. Uh, Not eternally, but it burned 24-7. And the dogs would gather around the heaps of it, the edges of it, and fight. That's where you get that gnarling and gnashing of teeth imagery that he gives you there. And then this burning imagery that that he gives you there. And that it's just this lake of fire. And what he's trying to present to them is just this horrible place. And how our it could be in our life now. Now remember, Jews at that time in the first century were under the boot of the Roman government. They were heavily, uh, mm, uh, I don't say, yeah, in some cases prosecuted, perse- persecuted was the word I was wanting to say. They were heavily persecuted, and they were watched over very closely. And a matter of fact. You know, And if a Jew rose up at that time for any prominence, there would be a, a Roman rebellion, and they would put them down. That's what happened in 70 AD when they destroyed the temple. Now, so they understand what hell in this life is. And I venture to say that you do as well. You've been through a divorce. You've lost a child. You've had a horrible job loss. Maybe you're going through hell right now with everything that's going on as our country has been shut down and jobs are being lost and businesses are being lost. You're going through a personal hell. You're in turmoil with your family or something. You've been there. And that's what Jesus is talking about. How to live in this life when we're living through hell in this life. By the same token, he's talking about heaven in this life. Jesus never talks about when you die and go to heaven. He never talks about when you die and go to hell. He never talks about this eternal punishment that you and I are taught about. Jesus never taught that. He talked about you can bring heaven on earth. You can do things now to make heaven here and make this life a little bit more pleasant and a little bit more heavenly. You could do that for other people. When you give or donate or you do some work in charity or when you help someone you know, with their groceries or you do some sort of act of kindness, you've brought a little bit of heaven into their life. You've made it better that is what Jesus is teaching about. Why would Jesus teach that? Because that is the Jewish teachings throughout all of the Old Testament. Well, not all of them. I mean, there's the prophets and talk about different things. And, but the vast majority and the overriding theme in the Old Testament is to love your neighbor as yourself. Right? It even goes so far as to talk about to love the strangers and the sojourners among you. That's found in Leviticus. It even goes so far as to talk about to pray for and to be kind to those who had them in captivity. So when they were in exile or dispersion, it goes so far as to say that they were to be kind to their captors. They had servants. A lot of times it's translated to slaves, but slaves, what you and I think of as slavery, i.e. the Civil War here in America, is not what they're talking about there. It was indentured servitude, and you were only allowed to have a servant be indentured to you for a short period of time. Now that can renew if that servant wants to stay on and work with you, but um, it talks about how there's to treat them and to be kind to them. Matter of fact, slavery as you and I know it was is is not allowed under Jewish law, uh, but indentured servitude is okay, and there's rules on how you treat them and you need to be kind to them and to love them. So that the the reason behind that is bringing a little bit of heaven into earth. It's not this idea that. I'm living this life and I'm doing these things so that I can spend eternity in heaven or so that I can avoid hell, which is the reason a lot of people go into Christianity is uh, it's not because they want to spend eternity in heaven. It's just they don't want to go to hell. They've been told these awful things about hell. Well, that led to a follow-up question that she had. So what is my view of the afterlife? Hmm, that's a good question. Uh, Let me start by saying this no one can honestly sit there and tell you that they had that they absolutely know the answer to that question. And they can tell though oh, I believe in my heart and the Bible says this, but they they can't tell you with all certainty uh, and beyond a shadow of a doubt or 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 tell you in such a way they could prove to you scientifically what happens. We don't know if we're just going to be intellectually honest. We don't know. Now what we do find is that there are different views throughout the history of people. For example, uh, if you ask the uh, Jewish people what, what do they believe about the afterlife, you're going to get different answers. Okay, um, For example, there's going to be some answers and at some points in history where they believe in reincarnation. You, know? e- you reach a certain point of righteousness, and then you go on to heaven. But until then, you keep coming back here and working on that and purifying yourself and getting holier and holier and more righteous and more righteous, and then you go on to heaven. That was a view that was held for a while, and still may be. I don't know. Uh, Another view was you just went to sleep. You just went to sleep. That's it. Um, And then there's another view, nothing. It's just you cease to exist. Just cease to exist. Um, and then there's another view, which is a pretty prominent view. Um, if you go to a lot of the Jewish websites, you'll see this view. This view is that w- depending on your righteousness, if, you, if you're not a purely evil person, then something totally different happens. But depending on your level of righteousness, when you pass away, the idea is that if you're completely righteous, then you go straight on into to the glory of, of God and, and the afterlife there. If you're not, which I doubt any of us really are, then you go through this period of cleansing and healing. So your soul passes away. Uh, the soul actually grieves the body for a period of time. And then it begins this period of cleansing and healing. It's not like purgatory. And I don't really understand purgatory. I'm not Catholic. I never looked into it. There's no punishment taking place here. This is like you you show up and are like, Oh, here, let, let's let's clean, clean you up and, and get you refreshed. And, and then we'll send you on. That's that view. Now, if you were like a Stalin or a Hitler, and I and I, I don't want to by any means to think that I have the righteousness to judge the eternal status of anyone's soul, but I think most people will agree that they're, pur- they're purely evil people. So um, if you were one of those, then the idea there is that when you pass, you just cease to exist. And that view is called annihilation. So if you're truly evil and you're not at all any semblance of righteousness, you just cease to exist. So, there that is. Now, now what's my view? I don't know. I don't know. So, uh, and I heard I had a, a couple of ideas and talking about heaven. Um. Oh, so biblically, where do these views come up? Well, there's like I said in the Old Testament, there's very little talk about the afterlife. Matter of fact, there's no talk at all that I'm aware of about heaven or hell. But there is talk, uh, we do get a couple of glimpses and hints of what happens in the afterlife. Say, for example, uh, you know, early in the Old Testament it talks about going on to be with their fathers. You know, they passed away and they went to rest with their fathers. There's that idea of they are gone to rest and they're with their fathers that came before them. Uh, we get this idea that, yes, the souls are there because there's a prophecy that Elijah is coming back. So he exists someplace in another realm or dimension or something, and he's coming back. Um so we see that. We see also in, in the, not the Psalms, but we see David, when his son passed away and he was grieving and he got done and he got up and said, he can no longer come to me, but I, I can go to him. So David has this idea that he's going to at some point in the afterlife be with his son. So we get that. Um, but that's about it. I mean, there might be a few others that I missed. But that's about it as far as how in depth the teaching is on heaven and hell in the old testament uh and and that's it on Jesus's teaching. Jesus doesn't teach well Jesus does one more thing uh in the book of John um, which I don't think he actually said this I think this was interpolated so let's just say that the author in the book of John does this the author in the book of John seems to possess this idea that um well let me just quote you the verse John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Um, that's interesting, because what it says there, that it gives you this belief, that which was a later, later first century belief started to emerge, that you had to have belief in Jesus Christ to go to heaven, uh, which is not a Jewish belief, uh, which is part of the reason the, the sect between Judaism and Christianity split. Uh, there's uh, other reasons, but uh, the the writer there certainly believes this, and he's saying that, and that if you do this, if you believe in Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, then you'll get to go to, well, he didn't even say personal Lord and Savior, but uh, whosoever believes in Jesus should not perish but have everlasting life. So if you believe in Jesus, you won't perish but have everlasting life. The word I'm trying to get to here is the word perish. Why is that important? It doesn't say if you don't believe in Jesus, you're going to go to hell and be punished for an eternity. It says, perished. So whoever the author is there in the book of John seems to indicate this idea of annihilation. So that's there. But And then the rest of the teachings that we get on heaven and hell are found later in the New Testament. And a lot of those teachers are not um, Jewish. Well, I don't think any of those authors were Jewish. Well, Paul claims some sort of Judaism But uh, he is a Roman citizen, so he has a lot of Roman uh, ideology and mythology and background and understanding of that. And that's where you start seeing the teachings that we have on heaven and hell later on start creeping into Christianity. And it doesn't have any basis in in, uh, the scriptures, certainly not the Old Testament, certainly not anything that Jesus taught himself. So what was Jesus teaching about? Well, like I said earlier, Bringing heaven into this life, and 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 helping people out, so that's a that's an important thing to to understand. In Christianity, a lot of the focus is on the afterlife. A lot of the focus is what's going to happen when. But if you look at the teachings of Jesus, he's talking about this life and what I can do now and how I can live now. If you look at the teachings in the Old Testament, they're talking about this life and what I can do here and now and to have the best life. Um, that's why I quoted those passages where it says to love your neighbors yourself. Y- do you realize that there are people here now suffering? And we're focused on then, when we could be helping somebody now. There's a Bible teacher that I listen to. His name is Dr. Bart Ehrman. He's um, Chapel Hill. That's where he teaches, professor of uh, New Testament studies. He teaches mainly from the academic standpoint and the textual criticism criticism of it and uh, text variances and things of that nature. is really, really interesting. If you get a chance to watch him on YouTube, do that. Uh, he is an agnostic and an atheist. He didn't start out that way, though. He started out th- as a uh, very conservative, Bible-believing Christian, he'll tell you himself. Uh, went to Moody Bible Institute, went and studied under Dr. Bruce Metzger. But because of various reasons, he, he left the faith, and he was talking about that the other day about when he was going through this um, transition of, of of not following the New Testament uh, anymore and, and believing that there was a God, his fear was that he would just be a very horrible person. And um, He said quite the opposite happened. What happened was when he started focusing on this life here, he started being more concerned about other people's lives, uh, people who were less fortunate than him, people who were suffering. And he started doing more... Efforts to reach out and see if he can't make their life better. And that's why we do things like we try to get clean water to villages. We just try to make their life a little better. That's why we try to feed the poor. And we try to feed the homeless. We're just trying to make somebody's life a little better. Which is exactly what Jesus was teaching. Now, interesting about Dr. Ehrman, he will tell you that he, he doesn't believe Jesus is the Messiah and, and God. But he follows his teachings when it comes to that. And I think that's a good thing, and I think uh, God would be happy with that, and he's okay with that, uh, Micah 6.8, if you want to find out what I'm talking about. Um, so anyways, there you go. Uh, if you got questions, and maybe there's something I mentioned, or th- maybe there's a topic that you'd like for me to you know, explore a little bit, let me know. I'll be happy to do that, and I... Um, and And it's not always going to be from a Bible-thumping-you-gotta-believe-it point of view. I think that's wrong anyways. So it'll just be from, hey, let's take you through my thought process. And let's see what other people have to say about it. And we'll discuss it. All right? Okay, my friends. Let's uh, get on out of here. And I hope you have a great day.